Hey, this is Chad Brown. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com. It's a Bud Light Football Friday. Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Denver Broncos. Here's Chad and Nate. That's right, when you hear Vanessa Carlton, you know it's Friday. Chad, and it's a guilty pleasure Friday. We made it to the end of the week. Got some football on last night. Broncos play on Monday. A lot to get into. First, I have a really, really important question to ask you, Chad. Really, really important? Oh, like really, really, really important. Oh, that's a lot of reallys, man. Yeah, you're a serial guy. Yeah. You've talked about this, all mm-hmm. right? So are you a roll up the cereal bag and then close the flap guy, or are you just a close the flap guy? Uh, a basic roll. I don't get super detailed with it. It's just a basic roll, and then I close the flap. I can't just leave the flaps wide open. Yeah. You're just inviting some kind of creature to crawl in there, and hopefully you're House doesn't have creatures crawling around, but in case it did, the flap is there to protect your cereal. Uh, but a, roll, a basic roll or two, then a, a one or two rolls, then a mush. Yeah, the flap, the flap's all I do, and I'm always confused by people who really just roll it. Really? Yeah, the cereal and, will get stale if it's just left out in the open air for too long. Well, you got the flap to close it. The flap's not enough. You need the the, the protection of that little uh, plastic bag. How long are you? How long are you waiting to eat your cereal? I mean, how long is it sitting there? I typically have five or six boxes open at one time. Okay, that's right. You never know which one you're going to want. Yes. I wake up in the morning and I have my choices, my selection of the finest cereals on the planet. What was today? Today was a oat cluster, oat coconut cluster, I believe. Okay, okay. Yes. And what kind of milk? Today was, I ran out of the... Cashew milk yesterday. So uh, today was brand no. new. Dog, dog, dog. Today, <laughs> it's, it's Buddy, actually, where's the cashew milk? It's actually cashew with a little bit of almond. I, I read the when I before I recycled the uh, container, I had to read exactly what it was. So today it was uh, just pure almond, just pure almond, pure almond. Yes. Does that scratch the itch, man? Because it feels like almond milk was cool like seven to eight years ago. Uh, I'm not looking to scratch an itch. I'm looking to as we, you know, <laughs> rotate my way through my the various nut milks. So that way, I got a little pistachio milk, a little. There's some sesame seed milk. There's the almond. There's a cashew. There's macadamia nut. I just rotate my way through, man. I'm not looking to scratch any itches. I love it, man. Well, yes. well, I'm glad you got your nourishment this morning. I'm glad Thank you're you. feeling good to go. Uh, someone saying guilty pleasure Friday. Yeah, it's guilty pleasure Friday. So we play guilty pleasure songs. Those songs like that one you just heard by Vanessa. Carlton, that you love, but that you don't tell anybody you love. And if you're listening to it in your car, you turn it up, but then you come to a stoplight, you turn it down. Okay, what are those songs? If you want to request one, do it. 303-713-1043. Guilty pleasures. Also, do you have, what are your actual guilty pleasures? Ooh. What are your actual guilty pleasures? And don't worry, I won't say your name. Um, we'll get into those as the show goes on. But, Chad, the NFL season started off last night. The Buffalo Bills stomped the defending world champions, L.A. Rams, on their own home field, 31-10. to 10. Man, and it, it, could have been, it could have been worse than that. Um, the Bills had a couple turnovers in the first half that the Rams, you know, at least stopped their momentum, but the Rams weren't really able to get anything going. But I think the more, more impressive thing was just the dominance of the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, Bills were dominant, both sides of the football. Um, we thought the Bills were good based on what we saw them do uh, to the Broncos in the preseason. I know it was ones versus twos and threes out there, but even when the Bills 
put their twos and threes on the field, they were just playing at a higher level than what the Broncos were. And now, of course, it's preseason, so you know, we take that with a grain of salt. But the Bills seem to picked up in the regular season when they left off at that game. Uh, clicking on all cylinders, very cohesive on both sides of the ball. Uh, Josh Allen is a problem, uh, clearly. Uh, he can decide to run the ball. I, I, I worry about his longevity uh, with his reckless style of play. But he can sling it. He's accurate. He can run over linebackers at the goal line. Uh, the kid is uber, uber talented. And then uh, I think there's something to be said. I know Sean McVay was 5-0 and in his last five season openers with his no practice or no starters in the preseason uh, getting any playing time. But I think that showed up yesterday. I think it was pretty clear to see one team was just at a higher operational level than the other. Do you think it's possible that that – so, so the teams that do this, that don't play any starters, that have a you know softer training camp, the rest guys, they're relying on the muscle memory of these dudes from back in the day when they played college football, when they played high school football, when they were doing this constantly and turned into a badass. And you get them to the NFL, okay, let's pull back a little bit. We know that you can do that thing, and we're going to wait until Sundays for you to do it. Well, if you do it year after year after year, does that muscle memory diminish a little bit with these guys? And so after five years of kind of playing at soft in training camp, are these guys sort of losing their ability to to rely on that muscle memory and go be ultra-violent? I think there's something to be said for that. But even a guy like Bobby Wagner, who was, who was brand new to the Rams, uh, one of the better tacklers in the last decade in the NFL, uh, Bobby Wagner did not look great. Now he's older, so it's a possibility he's just declining in skill. But he did not look particularly great last night. And I knew as I got older, there was a there was a window in my career where I was athletically at my best and veteran enough where possibly I could have gotten away without playing any preseason games. But towards the end, I actually needed those games to keep my sword sharp. The 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 the. The steel wasn't as uh, steely as it once was. And that thing would get, you know, not as, it would get dull during the week. Or it would get dull if I didn't have any preseason action. So I think, again, uh, this whole conversation about Coach Hackett and the training camp schedule, I'm sure some of the listeners are just rolling their eyes right now. I can't believe you guys are still talking about this. But it's topical because I think it showed up last night. Um, so I'm just not making this stuff up. So for a guy like Bobby Wagner, who most likely will go into the Hall of Fame, did not look like he was clicking on all cylinders last night. Um, whereas Von Miller did. Whereas Von Miller did. Von Miller didn't play in the preseason, but I'd imagine the, the Bills training camp, if there's a reflection of them playing their starters in the preseason game, I'm sure they actually had some preseason spirited practices as well. I don't know if they had how many joint practices they had and who they went against, uh, but I'd imagine Von Miller got some more full speed action than uh, maybe you know the guys from the Rams did. And it could be that the Bills are just really, really good. They are. As well. They you are know, good. They're, uh, and to, to beat the world champion like that um, was quite impressive. And there were some big performances. If you're a fantasy owner and you had Cooper Cup, the guy had 13 catches. Right back on track. Yeah. 15 targets, 13 catches. Um, I'm, in a, I'm in a fantasy league, and a couple days ago a guy proposed a trade for me. I have Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. He wanted to go. Cooper cut for Austin Eckler straight up, and I didn't do it. And uh, I'm, I'm regretting that after last night's performance. You don't play fantasy football, so you don't understand the words that are coming out of my mouth. No, I do understand the, the basics of it. But on a real football <laughs> perspective, I wonder if defensive coordinator's game plans is, you know what, we're going to let Cooper Cup get his. Mm-hmm. And he's going to get his 12 to 15 catches, and we'll just limit the, the big plays. 
Yeah, in the red zone, he's deadly. We got to make sure we don't allow him to get in the red zone because he's just such a great end zone target. But outside of that, this guy's not going to hurt us. He's going to get his, but he's not going to hurt us. Yeah, 13 catches for 128 yards, so under 10 yards a catch. Right. Right, so so he isn't really gashing you. I think his, his, his longest catch was 28 yards. Uh, he runs that corner route just so well. You so know? well. Um, and then also I had Josh Allen on a fantasy squad, mm-hmm. and you can you can understand how that probably went. Right, went well for you. It went really well. Yes. So uh, congratulations for all you fantasy owners out there who had a good night last night. Uh, just kind of sc- scratched the uh, scratched the little itch, and it's going to get all the way scratched on Sunday. All right, so we're just days away now from the Broncos opener in Seattle. It's pretty exciting. What kind of reception do you think Russ is going to get in Seattle? We're going to get into that next. It's a Bud Light Football Friday. Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Denver Broncos. Here's Chad and Nate. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. I sit back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Flow like a harpoon. Daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? I don't know. Turn off the lights. And I blow to the extreme. I rock the mic like a vandal. Light up the stage and wax a chump like a candle dance. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Guilty Pleasure Friday. We got some interesting guilty pleasures coming on the text line. And I'm not kidding here. I'm going to read this verbatim here. Cole, our buddy Cole, says his guilty pleasure is eating a hot dog with peanut butter on it. God bless you, Cole. Oh, man. I'm not sure what that's about. I mean, it's. have you ever tried it? You, you haven't, right? So maybe it's good. Maybe it's great. Well, you know, I've made my hot dog feelings clear. So That's put, right. putting on peanut butter is not going to help. No? No. What, uh, what about almond butter? Uh, <laughs> the nut butter doesn't make it any better. <laughs> Someone's saying uh, dragon fruit slices wrapped in sour rainbow strip candy. Oh, I can see that. Is there a guilty good. pleasure? I can see that being really good. Mm. Um, you've been called an animal on the text line, Nate. Because you don't roll your cereal bag. Yeah, man, I just I have never found the need. I've never come across stale cereal. You know, from just closing the flap seems to do the trick. And I don't and I don't enjoy having to reach to the bottom of the bag and pull up some you know have you tightly lived, rolled bag. Have you lived someplace humid where things go stale quickly? I've lived in California. and I've lived in Denver. Okay, so no, you haven't. Where have you lived? That's humid. Uh, New England. Uh, Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. Someone saying dipping Cheetos in mustard. Oh, it wouldn't be my guilty pleasure, but that one's better than hot dogs and peanut butter every time. My old next door neighbor growing up used to eat mayonnaise with a spoon. Oh, that's just nasty. That is pure nastiness right there. Pure nastiness. Uh, Keep them coming, guys, because these are pretty fun. Um, So the NFL season's upon us. Last night was the first game. The Bills stomped the Rams. The Rams are the Super Bowl champions. And at SoFi Stadium, at their home field, they had to listen to the basically the Bills fans being louder than the Rams fans, which to me is an indictment of this super shiny $5 billion stadium that's like this destination stadium. Um, that's a different conversation. Um, but um, I don't think the Rams have ever played a home game there. They have never played a home game at their own stadium because the opposing fans come in and, and, and pack that place. The Niners did it last year. Um, Bills did it last night. The Rams don't have a home field advantage in SoFi. That happens in Vegas to a certain extent as well. Exactly. And it's, yeah. that's, it's also the brand new stadium. Right. So you want to build another one out here and put it out by the airport? Sure. That's what you're going to get. 
And what do you think that is? The what is that linked to? Because the brand, the is price, the of, price, okay, absolutely, everything is super duper expensive. You price out the local fans, and now only people who can attend this are ballers coming in from whatever opposing team you're playing. And you also push out the kind of nostalgic fan who actually just appreciates the football game, who doesn't want like a you know cell phone charging station at the urinal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't need to char- I don't need to watch TV while I'm peeing. I need. I just need a trough. Okay, just real quick, urinal talk. Number one, men, what's up with your aim? I don't understand why the floor has to be wet all the time at the airport, at stadiums. Just improve your aim, fellas. Overall, that would greatly help the bathroom experience. Well, Chad, here's what happens. Because when, when, when one guy makes a puddle, yeah, then you have to, back, you up. Have to back up. Right. And you got to do a like, nice little fine arc to make it in there. And then you're going to add to the puddle. Right. So I, the first guy's the one who, who blows it. I, well, first guy, first guy in the morning, step up your game so all the rest of us can do better. How about that? Um, but the top of the urinal is not a place for your cell phone or your drink or your food. That's that, that's not a shelf. Just is, to be is clear, it dirty up there. I would imagine it has to be with with what? Like what gets up there? Uh, each time you flush, there's a general mist that goes in the air, man. Um, I just I go to the airport and I you know I see people put. Do you pull out your phone while you're at the urinal? Uh, I try my best not to. But you do. You just said you did by saying I try not to. You pull out your urinal at the... I'm sorry. You pull out your phone at the urinal? Is it that boring? If it's in my back pocket and I've got... Oh, yeah. What's going on on Twitter? No. If if it's in my back pocket and I've got to unleash a little bit to get myself prepared to use the urinal, I don't want to fall on the floor where it's all wet, so I may hold it in my hand or transfer it or something like that. But I'm not checking my phone as I'm uh, doing my thing at the urinal. You're holding it in your hand? It, it would fall out my back pocket. I don't want to. How's it going to fall out of your back pocket? Just what randomly, it, boop, just jump out of your back pocket? I don't wear jeans every time. Sometimes it's shorts and the pockets are a little bit more athletic Daisy Dukes? What are you no. wearing? <laughs> You're missing the point, Nate. I the get point it. is what? improve your aim. Improve your aim, and the top of the urinal is not a shelf for your food or your drink or your phone. That's nasty. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. All right, now you know. Deep Thoughts by Chad Brown. Boom. Airport, I'll be here all day. Airport Thoughts. Uh, it, stay, it, it applies anywhere where there's a publicly used restroom with lots of people. What about the trough at a, at a, at a football game? <laughs> the old school trough. Like yeah, the, old the trough. Stages? Like, literally, you walk in and there's a trough. Yeah, I, like I, a pig just, feeding. I have described this to my I wife, and she's just like, like, no. She's just like, What? It's like, yeah, there's a, just a wide open trough where men are on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. And you wonder why they behave like animals. <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> what, are you, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> All right. So so this game in Seattle is going to be very, very interesting. And one of the big discussions has been about whether or not Russell Wilson is going to get booed. He was asked that question yesterday. Uh, you know, I, I think, first of all, um, you know, my experience in Seattle was uh, one of a kind. You know, 10... Ten years, I, I couldn't imagine those, you know, those years not being in my life, and how special they were, and how many games we won, and how many amazing thrillers, and just the uh, you know, Super Bowl we won, and everything else. So uh, I'm gonna think about all those memories and everything else, and the joy of that, and the gratitude of that, and then also uh, we got a football game to play, so I'm excited to just get out there and play again. I, you know, I love this game. Um, you know, I'm passionate about it, and uh, got some, a lot of great teammates. There's a lot of guys that I'm super close with on the other side, so it'll be a great battle. Man, he's good, isn't he? He's polished. Dipping and dodging, spinning and getting out of it. 
Well, but isn't that what he? I mean, he's a politician. He's very good at, yeah. at at answering these questions and not revealing too much and, and not talking about what's really, 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 really going on yeah. in his in his heart in his mind. But if you were to try to peel back the layers of that very, um, I don't know, polished answer, what do you think he's really thinking? I think he's got to know he's going to get booed. Uh, I, I think there will be a general acknowledgement and uh, some kind of applause. When he first hits the field, maybe, uh, maybe uh, if, they, if the Broncos have their offense uh, introduced, which I'm probably, probably pretty sure they'll do, who knows? But there'll be a general applause, and then as the game goes along, the Seahawks fans are going to get, want to win the game, and they're going to boo Russell Wilson after that. Well, Pete Carroll spoke on this as well yesterday. He was asked about it, and his answer might surprise you. If you're either competing or not, I'm leaving up to 12. And, uh, you know... It's game time, and we're going for it. And so however they take it, I'll follow their lead on that. I mean, I'm not going to be involved with that kind of opportunity to react, you know, so I'm, I'm not, I don't have to make that decision. I'll, I'll see what happens, but I'm going to go to 12. I think they'll know exactly what to do. In other words, boo his ass. Right, right. Boo this man! I think Pete recognizes, you know, that <laughs> it could – I'd imagine it's going to be difficult to throw Russell Wilson off his game. Um, but I have to admit, my first time going back to Pittsburgh, I was surprised by the booze. I was surprised. But you thought they were going to give you a hero's welcome. I was surprised by the hate. Oh. Uh, because they were telling me I sucked. It's like, no, you, seriously, last year you guys you loved, Chad. You guys loved me last year. We're so year. happy you're gone. You suck. Like, I was in the mall and I got like chased through the mall. It's like, this is insane. Like, like by someone trying to hurt you, or no? But like, like the Beatles. And oh, like, when you were first there, yeah, 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 like a hard day's night kind of thing, you know? Like, oh my gosh, oh shit, ah! Is that right? And I'm like running through the mall, trying to get out of the mall with my daughter, and my wife. It was insane. And then you know, fast forward, you know, less than a year later, suddenly they're telling me how much I suck. It's like you bought my jersey, you put money in my pocket last year, and now I don't suck. You know, I don't suck. I, I didn't leave because I sucked. I left because I was good and someone else was willing to give me money. But you were wearing a different color shirt. Yes. Same dude. Yeah. Different color shirt. So you said that that took you by surprise. Did it Did it affect the way you played? Uh, I wanted you, Were you thinking about it? Were you dwelling on it? Did you play outside of yourself? Did you start getting angry and start trying to press? Did you stay within yourself? I tried to stay centered. Um, I, I think I got a sack on, on Cordell in that game. And this, the booze came down. And at first I thought, oh, because it was a bad decision by Cordell. He should have thrown that thing away. I was like, no, they're they're booing me. <laughs> they're booing me. How could this be? Um, so I understand uh, the fans, and I understand the player side of it. I, I'm pretty sure the 12s are going to get after Russell at the right time. Um, and Russ should expect that. But he also should expect a little bit of a hero's return initially when he first gets out there on the field to warm up. Yeah, it's going to be a mix of both, right? And so he's going to he's going to hear them both, but uh, uh, he's going to have to settle in. It's a football game. There's 52 other guys on his team, 44 other guys suiting up that he needs to come along with him. How important of a test is Monday night for Russell and the rest of the team? We're going to ask that question next. You can't touch this. It's a Bud Light Football Friday. Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Denver Broncos. Here's Chad and Nate. 
No, I, I don't worry about all that stuff. I mean, people um, you know, have their opinions and thoughts and ideas, and everybody has their own right to think what they want to think. You know, I, I know how the whole thing went and how it, how it transpired and just the whole situation, but also at the same, same time, too, I know that, uh, you know, I, every second of it I've, I've enjoyed, you know, uh, in terms of being there and just trying to give my all every day. You know, that's, that's all I know. And, uh, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, every play, every game, every situation, hurt, dinged up, um, highest moments, lowest moments, sometimes I uh, gave my all. And then that's, that's all I can give. I think that was verbatim a speech that was in uh, Remember the Titans. <laughs> Do you think Russell Wilson read the ESPN article? I would hope so. I would hope so. Um, but what's Russ supposed to do here? Because the press opportunity uh, is not the chance to rebut the article. He would need to go on. He need to do Aaron Rodgers and do this, uh, an hour hit on Pat McAfee to create the, the stero- story and narrative that he wants to create. You need a longer form circumstance to do that. The, the press conference is not the way to, to do that, to rebut the article point by point. So should Russell go on Joe Rogan? Uh, you know, if he wants to smoke some cigars, do the Elon Musk, get, get, take a deep dive. Yeah. Um, maybe do some ayahuasca yeah. uh, with uh, Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee. Yeah. They can all do it together. That'll be funny. Yeah. Or they can do a uh, Pancha Karma together and film Ooh, that. Key butter. I yes. Hi. <laughs> um, yeah. I, Russ is in a bit of a tough spot there. Um, you know, I, I obviously he's focused on the game. Um, obviously the press conference is not the place to get into the details of all that. So I think his answer was about as good as you could give, um, in the Russ way of being positive, trying to put a spin on it and twist the subject line to someplace else. So who do you think that has the advantage, the emotional advantage here on Monday night? Because the way I look at it, and I talked about this, I think maybe last week or something, but okay. So the average American marriage, Chad, how long do you think it is? Uh, seven years. 8.2 years. Okay. Seven years, it gets you, then you get divorced in 8.2 <laughs> right. years. Okay. So Russell Wilson was married to the Seattle Seahawks for 10 years. Mm-hmm. All right. He created a lot of memories together. A lot. They went to a lot of beautiful places. They met a lot of the same people. They have the same friends. And then they got a divorce. And then they got invited to a wedding of one of those friends. And so they're going back to the, to the, to be around the same friends. The same spot where the magic happened, but they're with somebody else now. So who who gets drunkest fastest <laughs> and takes off their shoes and falls into the cake? <sighs> don't don't be that. Because that's the guy who takes off his shoes and dances crazy. It's the girl who's, who's crying over there as well. The girls takes off. Take off. Have you ever been to a wedding where a guy takes off his shoes? Uh, okay, the girl takes off her shoes, then she cries. Yeah, and then yes. the mascara is running. Yes. So whose mascara is going to be running? By the third quarter, oh. is it going to be the Seattle hysterical, emotional fans and the twelves, or is it going to be Russell Wilson? Is he going to be pressing? Is he going to get too drunk too early? Is he going to take advantage of cocktail hour and have a shot when he should have just had a glass of wine? How's it going to go down? All right, so we talked a little bit about this on the during the war room yesterday. Um, of the twenty-two guys on the field between offense and defense, everyone on the field except for the quarterback can err their way to, you know, getting out, getting their revenge going or being more aggressive. But the quarterback can't. You can't press 
and play quarterback. You can't your way and play quarterback. So if Russell Wilson is having all kind of feelings about his return to Seattle and he wants to have revenge, well, that those feelings have to be channeled into being clear-minded and focused and playing within himself. Because if those feelings turn into that, you know, the then it's it's not doesn't work. You can play middle linebacker with that. You can play tight end with that. You can play running back with that, but you can't play quarterback with that mindset. So if if Russ is approaching it that way, which I don't think he is, um, then that would definitely be to his detriment to try to go out there and grit his way through uh, a revenge game and try to, you know, angrily lash out at the Seahawks fans. You can't play quarterback that way. I imagine a large kind of responsibility of his performance team in the lead-up to this game is keeping him focused, is, you know, taking the emotion out of it. And and a lot of times when he steps up to the podium and he talks, he's probably echoing some of those mantras and some of those ideas that some of his performance teams give gives him. Like, um, I was writing some of them down last week. He said, in the midst of chaos, you have to have a simple mind. Yes, it's true, though. And that's true. And, and, and that's kind of a, you know, lifts the veil on what his approach is going to be going into this. Because mm-hmm. it is going to be crazy there. There are going to be people, be people in the parking lot at the tailgate burning his jersey. Right. There will be. Incidents, mm-hmm. incidences of his jersey up in flames. Yes. Right? And some crazy people dancing around a bonfire burning him in effigy. Yes. So how does that make him feel? Is he able to stay calm or play outside of himself? And really, the rest of his teammates. What role do his teammates have in calming Russell down? They don't know him that well. He's not, He hasn't been around for very long. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, as a leader on, on the team, if you were a leader on the, this team and Russell was on your team, would you try to have a word with him? Very quick, very brief, you know. Uh, you is there know. anyone who can tell him anything on not, this team? Not really. And is that a problem? Because uh, don't you need somebody on your team who could shake you, you know, who could, who could shake you and help you, like snap out of it? But that relationship. Slap you. The guy who can shake you and slap you, that's built up by your experience out there going through the fires together. And Russell hasn't gone through any of these fires together with any of these guys. I suppose maybe Melvin Gordon, because they played at Wisconsin together, could be the longest standing relationship. And maybe Melvin could be the one to say something. But outside of that, yeah, it's hard to look around that roster and go, oh, yeah, make sure you get with Corlin Sutton. He's going to get your mind right before this game. Doesn't seem possible that Corlin Sutton could have that kind of wisdom uh, to, to help Russell Wilson calm down. But sometimes, as they say, uh, you know, from the mouths of babes come all this great wisdom. So uh, it could be Corlin Sutton. I don't know. It could be K.J. Hamler. It could be Jerry Judy. I don't. It could be Jalen Virgil. It could be a rookie. You know, my grandma said to me, man, and suddenly it strikes Russell Wilson deep in his heart, and he goes out there and plays his life, uh, you know, has a game of his life. I don't know. My question to you is, if you had a performance team or a hype man, which would you prefer to walk around with? <laughs> Probably a hype man. I don't want a team. You don't anyway. want a team? No. I'm kind of like a Han Solo kind of a guy. You know? <laughs> I, uh, I just roll alone. Okay. You know, and I don't want a team telling me stuff. I don't want someone telling me what to think about or right. what to focus on. So or just a to... hype man who's just constantly hyping yeah. made up. Yeah, exactly. Just right before I walk in the room. Yes. Yeah. Put your hands together for my main man. No, I don't know. Does does the hype man hype you up before you go in the room and then goes into the room and hypes everyone else up for your arrival? Does the hype man have a function for you? No, he after I leave the room, he explains why I said something that okay. people didn't like. You know, he kind of <laughs> spins it. He kind of ties it in a bow. Okay. You know? Um, why? 
What, what, what's your idea there? What, no, what I'd rather I, have. I think I'd go for a hype man myself. Yeah. Number one to get me hyped up. Yeah, I don't know if anybody, anybody out there would feel comfortable with a team, a performance team, analyzing everything they do and trying to optimize every single action of their day, everything you put in your body, every, every, you know, every thought in your head, not just the food you eat, not just your stretching, your physical stuff, but your thoughts. Yeah. Actually filtering your thoughts. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a cool concept. It's probably very expensive. Number one, I wonder how much the, the thought coach makes. I enjoyed being coached as a player. And one of the things I miss in life now is I don't have this person helping me all the time to try to be better. Um, so I would love to have some kind of coaching in isolated circumstances, but a 24 hour coaching realm of nutrition, body, mind, thoughts, uh, all that stuff, media coaching, it would be, it'd be overwhelming for me. You know, back when I was playing, people were like, oh, you should have somebody come over to your house and wash your clothes and prepare your meals. It's like, I don't want somebody in my space. I like yeah. my privacy a little bit too much. Right. Yeah. Clearly, based on the text, uh, many of you don't have performance coaches because um, the guilty pleasure food items you're sending in are truly disgusting. Um, how about mayo and peanut butter sandwiches? Nope. How, how does that, how, how would that do for you? No. My old no. roommate. In, my old roommate in undergrad used to eat dry cat food. Yeah. That's disgusting. It's straight up. Um, what? Yeah. I like dipping French fries in spicy ranch dressing. That's not too crazy. That's just a nice little guilty pleasure. Delicious. I try a pickle and dip it in some blue cheese. Interesting. I'll give you that. Pickle and, yeah, pickle and blue cheese. Okay. I'm, I'm down with that one. Peanut butter and Miracle Whip sandwiches. Oof. Miracle Whip is even worse than mayo. Tamales with ketchup. <laughs> oh. Honey on pizza. That's that's uh, that's standard. Tuna out of the can with Tabasco. Done that. Been there. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. All right. College. Well, hey, Andrew Mason's going to come on next. We're going to ask him about his guilty pleasure food items, and eh, maybe we'll ask him about the Broncos, too. That's next. Yeah. It's a Bud Light Football Friday. Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Denver Broncos. Here's Chad and Nate. The one desire believe when I say I want it that way. Welcome back to Guilty Pleasure Friday. Chad and Nate looking over some of these guilty pleasure food items you guys are sending in. Interesting stuff, guys. Interesting. Flat beer and chocolate. Nope. Together? Together? Are you dipping the chocolate in the beer? You're just you're what, crunching and drinking? What's happening there? Flat beer. Wow. There was a time back in, in college days where the beer was gone from the party. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, couple of us went around and got all the wounded soldiers, poured them into a pitcher, put, it in, the, put it in the freezer, uh-huh. waited a little bit. Cold beer. Cold beer, man. Wow, that's tasty. Mm. <laughs> I've been desperate in my days. I have not, not, that, been desperate? That, not that desperate. Okay. No. Okay. Well, no. hey. Good for you, man. Yeah. Cowboy chili and cinnamon rolls. Um, the trough is wow. alive and well at War Memorial Stadium in Laramie. Oh, is that right? Yes. Yeah. How many troughs are left? Because because there was a trough at at the old candlestick, but that's gone. I think there's still troughs at the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. Pasadena. 
Again, all the older stadiums, there's probably one or two bathrooms left that have the, the men's trough. Um, we have a texter who texted in. I, I kind of lost the text, but they said that they worked at a stadium. And believe it or not, after the games, the women's bathrooms were ten times messier than the men's. My wife has said that. I'm, I'm like, how is that possible? What is happening in there? What, what are they doing to make it mace- messier? Well, let's ask Andrew Mason this question. We got Andrew Mason on the line. Andrew, our senior Broncos writer, DenverFan.com on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline. Andrew, why do the women's bathrooms at stadiums get more messy than the men's? Oh, that's a good question. See, if, I, if, you, if you were going to say, like, at home, I'd say probably a, a little more time to, uh, you know, put on, put on makeup, that sort of thing. Um, now, there are – now, some women do bring – like in, in in their purse or their the it's the clear plastic bag you have to take bring now uh, do bring some makeup so maybe there's a maybe there's some of that going on I'm just I'm guessing here I have I obviously have no firsthand knowledge just uh, I'm just trying to think of a reason uh, why maybe a little more goes on than in the men's room right it's a mystery to us guys right we're just dudes being dudes we don't know about this stuff <laughs> all right so Monday night uh, the big conversation is about really the booze and whether or not those are going to be present uh, in Seattle I think we all assume and understand it will be but Russell Wilson was asked about it he he answered it very diplomatically talking about all the good times we've had and all the you know hard work that we put in and how I'm proud of what, what I've done there but then they asked Pete Carroll about it and he said yeah, boo him. You better boo him, essentially. Um, what do you make of Pete Carroll's reaction? Uh, I spurn lover at, the, at this point. I mean, does, I mean, uh, so much of what has come out of Seattle in recent months, just, it, it just it sounds like somebody who's spurned and feels hurt, although uh, the interesting thing is that quite a bit of this started with Seattle looking elsewhere for a quarterback when – they had somebody who in, in Russell Wilson who was already putting together a you know a resume. It's probably going to end up being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So I mean, who was you know who was the first to uh, show signs of uh, spurning here? Was it uh, you know Russ wanting to leave, or was it uh, John Schneider casting a casting an eye toward Josh Allen and calling the Browns and trying to develop and get their first round pick back in 2018? So I mean, it's it's it, that that's what it is. I mean, to me, it's just like it just smacks of of hurt feelings and also tr- smacks of uh, trying to uh, convince yourself that uh, uh, this is going to work out even w- without a, a top-level quarterback like they've had for a lack of, for the, the last decade. I mean, you have to kind of, you know, sometimes you got to lie to yourself, right? Uh, wow. Yeah. Well, I think we all lie to ourselves <laughs> from time to time. And sometimes, yes, we have to lie to ourselves to make ourselves feel okay. All right. Speaking of lying to yourself, uh, the Broncos uh, didn't pursue Von Miller after uh, his time with the Rams ended. Um, obviously, Von Miller still got some football left in him, as evidenced by his performance last night. Was that a mistake by George Payton not to go after Von Miller and try to bring him back? I know it feels like a mistake now, and I kind of dive into it on a, on Denver on DenverFan.com. I think if if it's a, it'll prove to be a mistake if Randy Gregory can't up his game. I mean, to me, uh, that's kind of what this is all about. What you're 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 not asking Randy Gregory to be all that Von Miller was in his prime, but is it fair to to ask Randy Gregory to be somebody who's uh, going to you know be a good finisher and puts up uh, uh, puts up double digit sacks in the way that uh, Von Miller has done? 
uh, fairly routinely over mo- most of his career. Yeah. Now that being said, I think it, it was interesting to look uh, last night at how he was used and how the Rams used Von Miller uh, last year. Last night, Von Miller played 52% of the snaps. And the Rams down the stretch, they, they started Von Miller, but he was kind of used in much the same way that DeMarcus Ware was here in Denver uh, six, seven years ago. And that was uh, as somebody who's playing anywhere from 50 to 70% of the snaps, not somebody who's more of an, an every down threat. So the Broncos probably looking for some, for something, something different, but um, right. If you're, if you're going by right now, the snap judgment is, yeah, the Broncos made a mistake. Uh, the clearer eye judgment is okay. Let's see what Randy Gregory does because he is coming in at, uh, in terms of his guarantee, he is coming in at only a little bit more than half of the guaranteed money uh, that uh, Von Miller is. And so we've got overall roster building considerations to, to factor in. Uh, maybe a $28 million guarantee makes more sense than Von Miller at $51 million. But, uh, yeah, I mean, today, yeah, it feels like the Broncos could use, could use Von Miller. But let's see where Randy Gregory goes before we start saying that one way or the other. Andrew, what'd you make of the game last night? Because the Buffalo Bills, who handled the Broncos, their twos and threes uh, a couple weeks ago, did the same to the world champions last night on their home turf. Is that is that a case of the Bills just being a very, very good team? Or the Rams, uh, are, are the Rams suffering a little bit of a hangover? Are they not as good as they were last year? Did Sean McVay misplay the offseason and the preseason? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, if you say that he misplayed the offseason and the preseason, you have to I say, okay, what did he do the previous years? It was pretty much the same thing, and they won every season opener up until uh, yesterday under McVay. So probably not wise to kind of overreact uh, to to what happened in that game. Personally, I think the Bills are the best team in football, and I, that I've got them winning the Super Bowl, finally breaking through and doing it this uh, this year. So uh, them getting on a run last night didn't surprise me. I think that it, the thing that that sort of uh, makes you stand up and say, wow, is um, is that they, they dominate despite turning the ball over four times. That's another thing. I mean, this Buffalo Bills team, they, you know, they did play their starters in the preseason, uh, like you mentioned, like everybody knows. But they were sloppy at times, too. The, in the first half, especially, the best player on the field for the Bills before Josh Allen really kind of got uh, settled down there in the second half, the best player on the field for the Bills, you could argue, was Von Miller. A, was a Ram last year, so that was certainly a difference between the teams. And B, Von Miller didn't play in the preseason. He didn't went that game in in Buffalo. The Broncos got throttled. He didn't play at all, so he didn't need preseason to be raring and ready to go and be uh, highly effective. So you kind of you kind of take a look at everything. I think putting putting a lot of that result last night on what teams did in the pre in preseason and their contrasting strategies, I think is probably looking in the wrong direction. I think the direction to look at is that uh, you had one key player jumping from one team in the game to another, having a huge, having a huge impact and the, and the bills being, being more dynamic yesterday, yesterday than, than the Rams were. And I think that had more to do. Uh, I think that uh, Frankly, that may have had more to do with uh, with pass protection and uh, how the quarterbacks looked than anything they did or didn't do in the preseason. Mace, let's uh, bring this conversation back to the Denver Broncos. Uh, give us the health update on Billy Turner, on Jonas Griffith, guys like that. Jonas Griffith looking really good to go uh, for, for for Monday night. Full practice yesterday, 
and uh, and he and I talked to him uh, before the before this session, and uh, uh, he he was excited. He said he, his words, feel, "I'm feeling fantastic," and uh, and the nature of his of his injury, he was able to kind of. Uh, you know, it basically keep keep things stable on the elbow for a week, and then kind of uh, work his way back up. But because it's an elbow injury, he was able to do a lot of lower body uh, work. He was able to keep keep doing conditioning work even as he healed. So I think he's so now that he's back out there, I think he's going to be full go. Joseph Jewell was limited yesterday with a calf injury. We'll probably get more clarity on that here when we get out to Broncos uh, to UCL Training Center here uh, in a couple of hours and find out a little bit more on that. Uh, Billy Turner. Uh, that's going to be kind of touch and go. He's limited yesterday, and we saw him uh, at the start of practice doing the conditioning work off to the side uh, as calisthenics went on for the, for the rest of the team just as he has the last couple of weeks. So I think that's uh, that's the one that's probably going to be uh, the, the biggest question mark here going into week one is, uh, is, is Billy Turner's status. I think that one may, get, may go uh, may go right up to Saturday and even uh, beyond that, maybe some pregame testing involved for Billy Turner before we know if he's ready to play or not. And even if he is ready to play, maybe they have him on uh, on a on a repetition count. Maybe he doesn't play the entire game to start out as he comes back from that knee injury. Okay, one more question before we let you go, Andrew. Today is Guilty Pleasure Friday. Do you have any guilty pleasures that uh, you want to speak about food-wise? What's the go-to in Andrew Mason's world? The go-to, okay, there's... um. I can, I can actually re- mention this place because they're, 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 they're a sponsor. There's a, 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 a little pub in a DTC called Slattery's, and every time I go there, I have this appetizer, which is the Monte Cristo egg rolls. And I'm, I'm a big fan of the, the Monte Cristo sandwich, but they basically put them in egg rolls, and then you get a little side of, side of the, uh, the jam that comes with it, and you dip it in it, and they got the powdered sugar and all that. And I, guys, I mean... I, I order them every time, but for those who order, if you go over there, like, let them sit on your plate for about five or six minutes because they, they are piping hot. If you bite in too soon, you're going to scald your mouth a little bit. So you got to kind of got to wait and let, you know, let the cheese and the ham and everything in there kind of congeal and then dip. But yeah, that's, that's a, that is a, that is a very guilty pleasure for me, but uh, it's one I keep going back to over and over. All right. Monte Cristo, Monte Cristo egg rolls. Got to let him congeal. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for joining us again. As usual, man, good stuff. That's our senior Broncos writer, DenverFan.com on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline, Andrew Mason. All right. Well, there's something that's going to be present in Seattle, and there's going to be a whole lot of it. Spite. We're going to get into that on Distractions next. Hey, this is Nate Jackson. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com.